Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to the first Honest Money podcast of the year. Uh, thanks very much for listening. It's been such an interesting time to be an investor in the world, I guess, not just in South Africa. You know, we've we've got the advent of of lockdowns and COVIDs coming in and out in waves and waves of, of, of uh, lockdowns by governments and so much uncertainty. And in, in amongst all this uncertainty, we mustn't forget that we've got to take care of ourselves, we've got to take care of our money, and we need to have a game plan. So for this episode, we're going to be talking about the game plan for our money for, for the year ahead. And I'm really glad to be uh, joined by my colleague, Katlejo. Katlejo Mai, thanks so much for, for uh, c- coming on the show and, and being brave enough to, to deal with us. Thank you, Warren. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, yes, uh, you've sun- summed it up correctly. Uh, we are living in interesting times. And uh, yeah, but come what may, we still need to have a plan for our lives and a plan for our money. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, we need to be realistic that uh, for the rest of 2021, potentially, uh, you know, a good part of 2022, uh, uncertainty around the uh, the way the economy is going to work is going to be part and parcel of life. You know, we might be uh, we might get a third wave of of a lockdown again or, you know, as, as, as the coronavirus speaks. Peaks, I should say, because you know the likelihood is that vaccines get into arms uh, in the quantum that's needed by the end of this year. Not, uh, I, I don't think by June or July. So, uh, r- rather than kind of hoping that things are going to get better and waiting and delaying our plans until until we know what's going on, I think we need to plan as if life is just going to be this uncertain for another twelve or eighteen months. Uh, and I think to, to start, you know, there's some tick box things that, that that are boring and dull, but we need to we need to talk about them. So so from from your perspective, you know, before we get to the investment side, which is the fun and interesting side, what are the other main things that we need to do to get our, our kind of personal finances uh, in line and make sure that, you know, that we've done our checklist of of health items for our money? <laughs> Uh, that's true. I don't know. We always need to keep uh, a checklist and make sure that uh, you know all is in order. For me, first on the list would be your emergency fund. I think this whole situation and crisis has shown us the importance of having some form of money that you can access should anything happen. Um, and we normally say three to six months worth of expenses. Um, so just make sure that's in place. If need be, start by topping that off, topping it up, I should say. Um, and then just revisiting your budget. Um, there are a couple of line items that you need to just go through and make sure that you are paying a fair price for it. Things like your insurances uh, for your car or house and also your life insurance and so on. Um yeah, I think, and also making sure that, um, I know it's horrible to speak about, but uh, making sure that your will is up to date and it's in place. Okay, yeah, I think, you know, we, we've all we've all probably got real examples of, of why we need a will nowadays. You know, I think, you know, we, when we talk about the first and second wave of COVID in South Africa, you know, the first wave felt like a statistic. 
we were reading numbers on on, a, on spreadsheets, and you know we were told that infection rates were happening, and then there was you know the survival rates, etc. And and for me personally, uh, you know, the second wave doesn't feel like statistics anymore. It feels like names of people that we know, faces that we've recognised, and and people that are. If they're not very close to us, they might be, uh, you know, one or two removed from us. So, so suddenly it's a, it's much closer to home, and people questioning the need for a will, uh, you know, you can't question anymore. You know, the, the unexpected can happen to any of us, and and I think also just I'd, I'd like to kind of b- bounce back to your point around the emergency fund. You know, again, we we in financial planning. Up until the advent of of the first wave of COVID and especially the lockdown, it was often hard to think of a great example as to the unexpected. What can happen to you that can cause you to need to access money in a very short space of time for something that you hadn't planned for? Well, we've got the example now. You know, for for the next decade or two, financial planners won't need to discuss the need for an emergency fund anymore. So, so I think it's a critical point, and I, I think it's a, you're right. It, it must be the first thing that we sort out. Maybe just to add to it, uh, you know, if you've if you've got the the emergency fund, just look at your debts. If you know, a lot of us would have had to incur a lot more debt in in, in twenty twenty, just because, you know, if we had to take salary cuts or lots of people lost their jobs, they might have taken on um, you know some kind of additional layers of debt. And and I think there, just as a reminder, you know, look at things that cost you the most as a percentage. In other words. Don't say, well, this debt costs me 3,000 rand a month and this debt costs me 2,000 rand a month, therefore the 3,000 is my most expensive. Look at the debt that charges you the highest rate of interest. So if you've got a credit card and they're charging you 25% and you've got a home loan, which is charging you, let's say, 8%, your most expensive debt is your credit card. That's the one you need to try and get rid of first. So make sure that you just review your debts and, and get a game plan to get those debts out of your life. You know, we in an environment where interest rates are nice and low. And so it's tempting to take on more debt because suddenly it feels a bit more affordable. I, I view it the opposite way around. I think there is this is kind of one of the opportunities of our lifetime where interest rates are low to knock our debts faster. You know, you can pay off more capital, get rid of more debt more quickly, and then you can start to save. So so let's go to the nice part and the fun part, which is which is around investments. We, we ended uh, 2020 as a country with a, with a stock market that actually went up. And and a lot of the balanced funds in the unit trust space actually made money, and and that was that's an unusual thing. I don't think we're used to that anymore. But but when investors are are looking at at the money that they can either save on a monthly basis or the money they've already got uh, invested, what should they be just thinking about? What are the main principles that you think they should focus on? Um, I think, in terms of from an investment perspective, is definitely so. Once this is of course after you've made sure that your emergency fund is where it should be. Um, given our current environment, I would say accessibility to funds has also been key. I mean, if you lose your job or anything happens, you need to be able to access capital. Um, And this is where I think people should also seriously consider building up the discretionary investments, um, that being things like your unit trusts and so on. Um, and then, of course, there's the others like your tax-free savings accounts and your retirement funds um, that you can build up. Um, but I think, yeah, it's key to make sure that uh, you not only – because a lot of the time we saving mostly for our retirement. Um, I think it's important, and this COVID situation has shown us, that uh, you need to be able to have flexibility, and that's where your discretionary type of investments should come in. 
I think, I think it's, it's a point I always forget, you know, having accessible investments. You know, even though you don't plan to draw on them, if, if life happens and you've used up your emergency funds, it's good to have another form of saving that you can, uh, or investment that you can draw on, which is a, which is a great point. And I think also just, just to review with your investment, review the mix of assets that you've got. So how much have you got in South Africa? How much have you got overseas? You know, I think that that's an important balance to get right. You know, I think too often we get too fearful about the prospects of South Africa. So we, we say, you know, we hear people saying, invest all your money overseas. And I, I think that's rubbish. Uh, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have some money overseas. So, so for most people, it's going to be somewhere around 25% of your investments. You should have uh, invested overseas, but it should go, it can go as high as 50 to 75%, depending on how much wealth you've got. So if you're going to leave behind money to, let's say, your children, then, then about 50% of your assets should go overseas. If there is an, if you're one of the very few that that you know you're going to leave behind enough money to go to your children's children, and they might not even be born yet, then you need to push that number up right up to about 75%. So I think that that mix is important, and then the other mix, which is critically important, is how much you've got in shares, how much have you got in property, in bonds, and in uh, in cash. So just make sure that if you're younger. You've got more invested in shares and less in cash. That it doesn't mean that you must have everything in shares or everything in cash, but just make sure you get that mix right because the, the mix of our assets is, is the, probably the most important decision we make once we've started making investment decisions. So, so get that right. Make sure that it's appropriate for your age and your financial position um, and, and then stay the course. You know, I think that will be my last comment. I think we're probably running out of time. But just to say, you know, that you you need to make sure that you can stay invested, that you don't just chop and change because you become fearful. Obviously, if you need to access investments, you know, and in uh, b- because the world fell apart, you lost your job or something like that, clearly that's a different story. But if life's okay, uh, personally, you've still got your job and you've sorted out your debt, then stay invested. Don't worry about the scary headlines that you're going to read in the news or, uh, you know, on social media. Because I think the stock markets are going to be crazy for the next year or two. I think we're going to see times when, you know, things are going really well, and we're seeing you know cryptocurrencies going through the roof, and you know, funny little shares in America that are going up ten times, you know, for no reason, and then they'll fall over. And when they fall over, uh, you know, what's going to happen is people are going to become fearful. And from your perspective as an investor, that's not the time to then sell out because everyone else is afraid. That's the time to stay the course and make sure that you keep earning money and keep growing your money when everyone else is falling apart. And that's going to be the, the message for this year is you can't control a lot. You can't control the weather. You know, we're, in, we're recording this in the middle of a thunderstorm, so we have to jump our recordings in and out every now and then. We can't control the lockdowns. We can, you know, we can control our actions and we control what we do. And that's the key for this year. Make sure you can control the variables that you control. And for the rest, let them happen. And don't let uh, life knock you off course because it's going to try. Your friends are going to try, not because they want to knock you down, but because they're afraid. And they're going to try and make you afraid as well. And and that's just not the time to, to be afraid this year. And then my last comment just around investing is I'm, I'm hell of a positive about the year ahead. I think uh, being an investor in the South African stock markets is going to be a good decision over the next one, three, maybe five years. And, and so don't get too despondent about the economy and you know, all the debt that we've got, et cetera, because a lot of the shares that we own uh, are companies that, that in, the, in the JSE that are, are companies that just don't earn a lot of their money in South Africa. You know, they earn their money all around the world um, with South Africa being a small part of their lives. So, so just remember 
the JSE is not necessarily a price of the South African economy. That means be brave, stay invested. It, it will be rewarding uh, for, for, for all of us. On that note, Katlejo, I'm going to thank you very much uh, uh, for joining us. I'm um, sorry I talked too much again. I know I've got that problem, but um, I'm sure we're going to get you back on the show again to, to pick your brains further. Much appreciated. Definitely. Your time. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon. <laughs>